Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today we have a really exciting podcast, which is a follow-on from one we did a year ago. So we did a podcast focusing on where you can improve as a leader. And today we have five follow-on questions from different people who've listened and have asked Philip to kind of create a response and how we can forward that into a new a new idea and get some new thoughts in the process so thank you Philip for joining and as usual we'll do some introduction so could you tell us a little bit about yourself Philip Thank you, Gemma, for for welcoming back to this. And, you know, I did find the the last podcast quite interesting and and exciting for me as well, just to talk about this topic, because I really am passionate about the leadership uh, sort of topic. Uh, But yeah, just to remind everybody, uh, hi, my name is Philip Fan. I currently work work at Telia Company, um, heading up a a team of 14 people that is called Devices and Sim. So that's sort of the, the, the position and role that I have within Telia. Perfect, thank you. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'm really excited to kind of have your opinion on some of these follow-up questions. So what I will do is I will read them out to you and then, yeah, we can get your advice, see where the conversation flows and hopefully answer some more people's questions. So the first one is, how can I effectively communicate expectations and goals to my team to ensure a smooth workflow? Sorry, effectively communicate expectation. Yeah, I think. I think there are several parts to this, actually. I mean, of course, you need to set the expectations, you need to set the goals, but I think most importantly, you need to communicate that in a proper way. And I would put the emphasis on the communication part. I mean, there are different ways of setting the goals, and I think it's quite contextual to to your situation, to your business, to your company, to your team. And there are so many different ways of setting goals. I'm not going to list any of them. I'm not going to share how I do it because in the end, it's all about more or less the same bottom line, right? But I think the the important thing is about the communication, as I said, and then following that up actually uh, and doing that in a good way. Um, for example, instead of saying, I expect you to complete goal, you know, X, Y, and Z, you maybe want to approach it in a, you know, you take ownership of this goal or, 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 you know, involve the team even when you form the goals, even from the beginning, so that they feel that they are, you know, influencing what sort of goals you're actually setting. Because uh, then they feel more empowered and more engaged into that because they were part of forming that. Uh, so I think it's really important. I mean, communicate, for me, that's a must do. And then it's a matter of how often you do that. And following up, you know, uh, being clear about the 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 progression, what are the milestones, and then actually celebrating that as well along the way, right? Even the little things, and do that in um, what do you call it? If you if you have channels within your team or the company to do these sort of celebration things, 
you know, go through those, but also in, in spontaneous feedback of, of great work, right? And, and great stuff and be concrete, point to the situation that was good and not just be generic, you know, with the praise. So I think that's, that's, that's some of the key points I would say communication. <laughs> yeah. I really like the ownership. I think ownership is such a, a key thing in what you just said then of people with the word goals if it's your goal then you're more likely to want to hit it because it's you have the ownership of it where somebody else wants you to hit their goal then it doesn't feel like you know you don't have that kind of drive um internally or maybe you do but for me personally I wouldn't say I would so I think that's really interesting and then again with the praise like yeah definitely yeah. I mean it depends also on the individuals right I mean we're all different human beings with different backgrounds cultures and values so it it depends I think and you you as a manager or a leader need to have that feel for your team on each person actually because some some of them are more driven, of course, and are more willing to take ownership of stuff. More needs maybe more support, more coaching, actually. Um, so people are on different scales, right, on, on, on that. Yeah. Would you give um, the ownership of a goal to a junior member of the team? I would, but maybe it, I would not set the goal big. The, I mean, I wouldn't set the goal to be a big one in that sense, maybe. Uh, or maybe I would support that person in breaking down the goal into smaller goals, mm. for example. Um, I usually look at it, there's a, I don't remember where I saw this, but I thought the, the, I thought it was a good point. You know, if you have like a graph on, on, on one axis, you have motivation and the other axis you have skill, right? And if the person is both low in motivation and skill, then maybe you actually need to coach quite a lot and you need to support this person quite a lot and almost to the, to the level of micromanaging a little bit um, but if the person has high skill and high motivation that person is self-sufficient right and can do things and own goals and, and drive that um, him or herself very much easily so so it depends on where the person sits you know and even if you are senior you can have very low motivation and maybe you need to support that person even then so i mean yeah and i think things change as well don't they in life like you could be highly skilled and highly motivated one day and then go home something happens outside of work come back exactly. in the next day and your motivation is not there so I do Definitely. think as a leader you have to kind of revisit that and that's why one-to-ones and those regular check-ins and those goals are so important well from my mm -hmm. opinion anyway no I agree I agree definitely um but perfect lovely well moving on to the second question which mm -hmm. is what strategies can i employ to build strong relationships with team members and foster a positive work environment i think mm -hmm. this is a really interesting one because i think it's definitely awesome. something as leaders that everybody tries to do um, everybody <laughs> wants to everyone wants their team to like them um so yeah interesting to yeah. hear what are your thoughts no, that's a good one. And uh, I mean, I'm going to come back to this probably several times during during this session now. But I mean, as a communicator myself, <laughs> I do strongly believe in the communication. And I think for yourself, you need to first build the communication skills. And here you can do a lot of your, yourself, actually, as the leader, as a manager. I mean, you can practice active listening, meaning you actually focusing and listening on the person on the other side. Right. What is this person saying? Practice giving genuine feedback, you know, and by that I don't mean I mean not flattery and not giving generic praise, right? I mean, one one of the standards is of course having the regular check-ins, right, one-on-ones, and then depending on your 
you know, individual context. You can have that on a monthly basis more often or, or less often. But I think it's important to do those without setting a formal agenda. It's just a, a room or space for, for speaking, a safe environment, right? Um, so I think that that's quite common usually now. People have those regular check-ins one-on-ones. You know, asking so how, how when you're asking how someone is doing, for example, and actually listening to the answer. Um, small things like remembering your employee's, you know, spouse's name, the children's name, little things like that matter a lot to people, right? Because that, that gives the signal or indication that, okay, this person actually listening to me remembers my child's name or my spouse's name. And, but yeah, and what you were saying before as well, I mean, the, the motivation and, 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 and can go down and up from one day to another. And, and I usually call that to lead with empathy and kindness, right? And that's basically to not know those stuff, right? You always need to approach the conversations without knowing what the background of the person, what happened yesterday, maybe someone close to them is sick or something like this. So you need to always keep that in mind and approach that conversation with a lot of empathy. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of these things you can work on yourself and there's a lot of courses about this, of course, and a lot of inspirational speakers as well talking about those things. But in the end, you have to remember basically that, you know, it's different human beings that you're talking to. Um, yeah, it's a person there. <laughs> Definitely. I just, I'm trying to think of the name. I read a, I read a book when I first started uh, my job here at Evolution. And I think it's something about the art of influencing people and or persuading people. It was something around that. I will tag it somewhere on my LinkedIn so people can find the actual book. But mm. that has it in it. And it's not really about building teams or management. Um, it's more of a sales book, but it focuses in on how people like to be called their name and sometimes being called a nickname. People don't necessarily like it that much. People actually prefer having their full name because it's more personal it's more direct to them so I think yeah. going on to that point of knowing someone's dogs knowing someone's child remembering yeah, that exactly. their child's birthday is next week yeah, those exactly. things are so important to people yeah and, and going back to the praise thing right when you're or giving genuine feedback I mean if I take you for example Gemma I mean instead of just saying you're a great podcast hostess right I mean that's that's quite generic that mm. feedback to you or the, the, the praise to you. I mean, I think there are a couple of things you need to think about when you give genuine feedback and you need to be specific. You need to be personal about it. You need to be authentic about it and then not asking for favors out of that because giving the praise is a gift. You're not exact, you know, you should not expect something in return. Um, so instead of saying you're a great you know, podcast hostess, I would say maybe I love the way you um, take care of your podcast uh, participants. Um, you're a great podcast uh, hostess, Gemma. Or yeah, just adding the name as well, right? Mm -hmm. or, or and be authentic about it. Don't don't you know flattery people can feel. <laughs> so if you're not really genuinely admiring someone, uh, you know, just skip it, right? And not expecting something in return. Uh, I think those are some of the key things that is good to remember actually when you want to give some feedback or praise 
Definitely. And I think the um well, I was really interested in what you just said then is about the um don't ask for anything in return. How many times in your life has someone said to you, Oh, you're really good at this. Could you do this for me? And you're like, Great, that thanks, that's something more for me to add to my to-do list. Like yeah, it doesn't think... feel sincere anymore. No. I think most of us have probably uh, been in that situation more than once, but uh, but that's how it is. I mean, it's, yeah, um... <laughs> it is always funny, um, but no, brilliant. I think that was a great a great answer. Um, and from those last two questions, one thing that's drawn is that importance of feedback and the importance of check-ins. Um, so if you're not doing that, um, that is one way you can definitely improve as a leader. Yeah. Um, Lovely. And then the next question is, I think this is a really interesting one too, because one thing I get a lot of is when people transition from their role from engineer or developer or designer to manager and that kind of change in responsibility, but also the change in in actual what your day to day is. So this question is in the process of transitioning to a management role, how can I balance the needs to maintain a supportive team culture whilst also implementing necessary changes and improvements? Mm. So this is a really, really interesting question. So I'm excited for the Yeah, response. and this was actually close to uh, one of my topics, right, in the pod- podcast that we had, um, transitioning, you know, to uh, being a manager. Uh, and I think what's important to remember is that I mean, it depends on what sort of leadership style you, you're aiming for as well. But for me, it means that you're going from being operational to not so much operation. I mean, Simon Sinek is putting it quite quite well, I think. I mean, we're not the ones in charge anymore. We're just taking care of the people in our charge now, um, which I think quite fits the transition sort of thing to, to, to being a new manager. And I think... When you do that, you need to put down to reflect a lot. Um, Of course, you were maybe promoted to that position because you were very good at the job that you were just doing. Uh, But it doesn't mean that you're supposed to continue doing that job, right? Because now you're going to take care of the people that were doing what you were just doing. (laughs) And that's quite different, right? Uh, And uh, yeah, I think, first of all, maybe it's important to not forget that these things take time. and it's not just you transitioning to the new manager, it's also your team transitioning to having a new manager. So there's two parts to this, right? It's not just about you. We cannot forget about the team that you're also now getting a new manager. And that takes time. It does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, You know, not even a couple of months. It can take years even, right? Before you're actually getting into that position and being comfortable. And, you know, usually in the beginning, people feel that you're made authority is maybe not being taken as seriously for example i mean that's that's quite common i think for for new managers um but i think transparency is is one key thing in your communication to really be regular with your updates communicating the direction asking for feedback and be open about that and really and uh, yeah I think those are some of the things I would say. Yeah, there's a really famous graph. I'm sure you've seen it um, in your career, Philip, where it's um, there's a status quo and then there's an element of change. And then it's a bit of upheaval of like going through that change. And then mm. you get to like 
back to the status quo it kind of goes up and down i don't mm, think i've got the mm. names of that graph but hopefully no, people no. can visually see what i'm trying to create <laughs> there um, yeah. and i think that becoming going from changing from an engineer to a manager i think that's what you're kind of doing in that but you're doing it not just for you but for your entire team and they view it differently too so bringing in new changes i think how have you found that have you ever had the situation where you've taken over managing a team or someone for instance who have already worked at that company before and this is an internal change rather than an external one yeah but i mean if i take my current role as as an example when i started out i mean of course i was really inspired i had a lot of ideas that i wanted to do um but you know in in hindsight it took a lot more time than you would expect right to implement those changes that you wanted to do so i mean those are one that that's one of the key learnings i have right things take time depending on the team the individuals because in the end these are 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 things related to changing of your attitude you know your, your your mentality right and these you cannot just change those that easily um people are depending on how long you've been working in the company as well, sometimes it's very set in their ways as well. So um, if you just want to change something, it's not that easy. Um, so I would say, you know, in the beginning, it's good to note those things down, those ideas down and, and do a lot of listening in the in the beginning, actually fill in the team, right? Like you were saying with the status quo. And I think there are many different sort of graphs around this, but um, most of them are, are sort of similar in the beginning. We just need to fill in the team and listen in and get into it. And then before you actually perform as a team, it could take up to a year, really. <laughs> so. Definitely, especially if you're scaling or you're changing or people are adding, leaving. It can take quite a while for everyone to feel fully yeah, comfortable. Yeah. But one thing, one thing I did find useful is to try and communicate about the effect that you want to achieve rather than what change is it that you want to do but rather focusing on the effect that the change will bring about that's one approach to do about it i think um actually so uh yeah for example i mean yeah let's say you want to implement a test automation tool you know what what would the gains be uh so for example well you might get more efficient testing that's one effect you might get a more aligned testing across the board for example um, and what are you avoiding? What effects are you avoiding? You're avoiding maybe higher workload for your team, avoiding, you know, the human error on manual testing, for example. So try to communicate about the effects rather than change, right? The change here being implementing the test automation tool. Well, it is the effect of that rather. Um, it's a good way about yeah. it. I think that's really interesting. Um, definitely a good a good thing for me to even think back on actually and reflect on that before the new year so thank you um <laughs> and then yeah the next question um as a new manager how can i continue my own professional development to enhance my leadership skills and stay current with industry trends mm-hmm. yeah i think we touched upon that a little bit already right when you're transitioning to a new manager and i, I mean going back to that i think as a new as a manager or as a new manager especially you need to reflect a lot what sort of leader do you want to be what sort of leader would you want to have if you were in your employees shoes um you know being a leader requires a lot of reflection to gain insight mostly about yourself of course and about your team and, and that will in itself create a view for you of what you need to work on maybe um maybe it's about the communication maybe it's more managerial stuff or maybe it's financing budgeting 
you know, there's a lot of things that that you can do because because let's face it, there's a plethora of you know <laughs> courses or, or or YouTube videos or inspirational speakers when it comes to the topic of leadership. Um, so I think it comes down to first you need to understand what sort of leader you want to be and, and do you have any gaps, any weaknesses, and then work on those potentially because then you would have a better understanding of that. But also, what are your strengths? How can I leverage my strengths, right? For myself, I'm a good communicator. So I, I try to leverage on my strengths, right, quite a lot. I support my team as well in the communication that they do. Um, and it is being appreciated and they're, you know, I'm teaching them and coaching them at the same time by doing that. So I think, yeah, again, I mean, reflection is really, really key. I mean, more than you think, actually, you need to really reflect. Um, going back to what we said before, right? I mean, going from being operational and being non-operational, now you're taking care of the people that was do, is doing the actual work, right? Um, it's very different, of course. There are variations to this. Some some managers are, are doing quite a lot themselves as well, of course, in the, in the smaller teams. But I mean, in general, um, you're not taking care of a team that is doing the actual work. So, yeah, you need to reflect about that. How do you want to do that? Uh, you know, in a good way. Definitely, definitely. One thing I've I do as well um, to add on that is I think working with your manager and working with the other managers around you to kind of leaning on there for support um, especially as a new manager there will be times when you do mess up or things don't get delivered the way that you want them to and it's about like you said reflecting on that I think reflection mm. is huge to kind of not make that mistake again yeah exactly but I mean it's not management teams can be quite big sometimes so it's not always easy to bring these things up in a, in a broader forum so I mean it's good to set up your own check-ins regular check-ins with other peers that also managers and preferably outside of your let's say your organization um, to sort of get a different view and perspective uh, I think that that's something I've had um, with uh, yeah, a previous colleague that has now left for, for, for UK actually but I, I used to have like a monthly check-in with her where we just talked about leadership stuff from how we were leading our teams and that's quite a valuable exchange actually so that's definitely one way to go about it as well definitely oh, i really like that i really like um the fact that you had that that's really nice especially outside your organization um but yeah other people can feel free to jump on this podcast and meet other leaders and talk about it that way too <laughs> yeah, nice little exactly. plug for us <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, amazing and then we've got here you know really like i think we spoke about some amazing stuff but our last question for today is what are some common pitfalls or challenges that a new manager often faces and how can i navigate or avoid them in my role Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we touched upon that a little bit as well before. Um, do not rush. Do not rush. I mean, this is, uh, I think, probably one of the most common pitfalls that you manager falls into. Because you have so much energy, you have so much motivation, you just want to do, 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 and execute, 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 right? You have so many ideas, you want to implement changes. Don't rush. I mean, it's going to take time. You have to pause for a second about those things. And then, like I said, note down the ideas you have, the changes you want to do and fill in the team first, because it can be quite overwhelming for the new team that this new manager all, the, all of a sudden just want to make big changes. Right. And it's not always a, a feeling of positivity when you get that, you know, <laughs> thrown into your face or how should I put it? But 
So don't <laughs> yeah, don't I rush. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, one of the one of the things that I have as as part of my leadership philosophy is it's not about intensity, it's about consistency. So I mean, you have to do all these things consistently on a consistent basis and it's going to take time. It's going to take time to build that trust from your team. It's not going to happen overnight or a couple of months. You need to continue to do the things that we talked about before, right? Giving genuine feedback, asking people how they're feeling and actually listening to the answer, remembering the spouse's name. I mean, these small things you need to do every day for a longer period of time, right? And then you will get that sort of trust from your team. I mean, you don't you don't go brush your teeth for four hours and then there's a <laughs> you do it for you know five minutes every day for a long period of time all the time to see the effect it's the same with you know when you go to the gym you do something every day or a couple of times a week over a longer period of time you don't see the effect of your muscles for just one session or of you know it comes over time but you know the change is happening it's the same with leadership and trust the change is happening you cannot see it but it will it is happening so you need to be consistent with, with your behavior and, and your actions. Um, yeah, what else? I mean, don't be afraid to ask stupid questions. You probably only need to ask those once, hopefully. <laughs> um, because new managers tend to think maybe that they should be the ones that know all the stuff or more being more skilled. And that might be the case sometimes, but there's definitely new things as well that you don't know about. So don't be afraid to ask those stupid questions. That's how you learn, right? And as a new manager, you still have a lot of things to learn. So don't throw away that pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's two things that you've touched on there, which are interesting. And to summarize that would be one, creating healthy habits. I think it is the language of the 21st century. I think everyone is talking about it, but the habits of doing things consistently will get you the results um and then yeah don't let your ego come in like, everyone has an ego it's fine to yeah. have one but yeah. <laughs> don't lead with your ego <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but no incredible well lovely well that is kind of all of the questions that we you know we have that we've prepared today philip um mm. in terms of yourself do you have any other advice that you would give to people on things that you've noticed in 2023 that you want to improve change not what don't want to see people do in 2024 i think 2023 has been at least for us a challenging year actually and I think for many others as well, because of the financial macro situation and the world situation as it is, right? And what I've done this year, or that I've done before as well, but I found more effective this year, let's say, is to be clear, uh, to be clear, sorry, to provide more clarity. I mean, when we when we are in an environment where it's a lot of chaotic and there's a lot of, of unknowns and uncertainty, it's important to be very clear about about those things you have to communicate clarity actually um i think think that's one of the things that i've learned this year to be really clear and what that means in practice is that i've been more transparent with actually sharing more information that maybe i shouldn't have shared but it provided more understanding it provided more sort of okay i understand um this is how it is and that's why we do what we do and it's because of this you know, those things are not necessarily always shared to the wider teams, but I think 
in a, in, a, in the world that we live in today, I mean, it's actually been very appreciated by the teams. Um, yeah, I think that's an important an important distinction, isn't it, right now? Of everyone is feeling a little bit uncertain. People don't know whether next year is going to get better or worse. Um, exactly. And it's exactly. just being clear that you know you don't have those answers either, but you're there to support throughout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, a lot of companies have you know been going into survival mode and. and with the with the higher interest rates, you know the inflation and then energy crisis and and whatnot, right? Uh, and this affects everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just us, um, and not just personally, even on an individual basis, right? I mean, it's so it's yeah. So I think being transparent with your communication has been a, a good thing actually uh, to do. But it's a balance act. It is a balance Definitely. act. You cannot say everything either. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, be careful what you say. Don't create um don't create fear when you don't need to. Yeah. Um but no, thank you so much, Philip, for joining us again on this podcast. It's been really insightful to listen to your different thoughts, your different opinions, and I'm sure that all of the questions that got submitted afterwards have now been answered. So thank you yeah, for great. submitting the questions too to everyone listening. Um, if you do have any more, feel free to reach out to Philip uh, directly. I'm sure he will have some time or try to make some time or get back to you when he can or reach out to us and we can kind of help answer those too. Um, but it's been another great podcast so thank you so much